Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. As the tenacious gluten-free trend continues to grow and mature into a market that is behemoth in the U.S., it is also paving the way for the emergence of two trends that both claim to reduce the risk of inflammation and offer increased nutrient density despite opposing basic tenets. The first trend is the rise of grain-free foods, which stems directly from the gluten-free and paleo movements, and which some industry insiders suspect could become even bigger than the gluten-free movement. Evidence of the grain-free movement's potential is reflected in the 134% increase in the launch of bakery products made with non-grain flours that Mintel uncovered between 2010 and 2014. It's also apparent at recent trade shows where industry newcomers showcased a plethora of grain-free products from granola to tortillas to cookies, crackers, and even baking mixes. The other major trend that is emerging out of the gluten-free movement is the rise of ancient grains. Many of these grains, including millet, quinoa, amaranth, sorghum, and teff, all of which are nutritional powerhouses that, according to Whole Grains Council, also are fueling sales and new product launches. To learn more about what's fueling these two diverging trends, as well as their full marketing potential, I caught up with two leaders in each category. Caitlin Smith, the founder of clean food company Simple Mills, and Veronica Bosgraf, who's the founder of Pure Organic. Looking first at the market potential for the grain-free trend, Smith said her products, which include baking mixes, cookies, and crackers, all made with nuts and seeds instead of grains, have seen tremendous growth with distribution in 7,000 stores nationwide in just three and a half years since Simple Mills went into business. Um, we've been around for about three and a half years now and we've grown tremendously. Um, all of our products are made out of just very simple whole food ingredients. For example, our baking mixes, the number one ingredient is almonds. They're sweetened with coconut sugar, which is a low glycemic sweetener. Um, our, uh, our crackers, they're made out of uh, sprouted seeds for one line and one of the uh, the other line is made out of uh, almonds, sunflower seeds, and flax seeds. So all things that are more um, have more nutrients, more vitamins and minerals, um, less less carbohydrates, um, so that you're really getting a lot from the food that you eat versus um, you know just being empty calories. Smith attributes the success of Simple Mills and the grain-free movement to growing consumer awareness about the impact on their health of what they eat. More and more consumers are associating their um, their gut health um, with their mental and physical wellness. Um, so it's no longer um, people no longer just eat um, to fill their stomachs, but they think about the role that food can have in their ability to focus, or whether they have anxiety or depression, or whether they have joint pain or autoimmune diseases. Um, so my like my personal story actually is that when I cleaned up my diet, my joint pain went away. I had a lot more energy. My seasonal allergies went away. These things that 10 to 15 years ago we never associated with food. And so what we're, what we're finding with consumers is they're they're using food in the same way that I am. They're using it to um, to help kind of heal ailments and using it really as medicine. And so part of the reason why people are looking at 
grains specifically is grains can be very irritating, um, but it, it really just goes back to the gut health point of, um, of people wanting to um, kind of reduce the inflammation and um, reduce the irritation um, so that their overall body feels better. So what about grains make them more troublesome than other foods? To answer this question, Smith went back 10,000 years. So grains have, um, have a few different things that are irritating about them. So interestingly, it's thought that, uh, that humans didn't really eat that many grains more than 10,000 years ago. It was really after the agricultural revolution um, that, that people started eating grains. And now you look at um, kind of the standard American diet, and it's just chock full of grains. And so we've gone in a evolutionarily in a very short period of time, 10,000 years sounds like a long period of time, but it's really not in the, in the grand scheme of evolution. Um, we've gone in from eating uh, no grains to eating a huge amount of grains. Um, and grains have several things in them that actually help defend them against being eaten. Uh, so one of those things is phytic acid. Um, so phytic acid is actually what's called an anti-nutrient. Uh, it um, it binds to nutrients in your gut and results in you excreting those nutrients instead of absorbing them, which is really unfortunate because people spend a lot of money and a lot of effort to try and consume things that have more vitamins and minerals, and then to get rid of them immediately is just unfortunate. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing that they contain are lectins. Um, so probably the most common lectin that you're familiar with is gluten. Um, so we've heard a lot about this one, but there are a whole host of other lectins as well um, that are commonly found in, in grains. And the thing about um, lectins is they impair your gut's ability to heal itself. And so if you're eating tons of grains, it, it really is detrimental to your gut health. Whether grains really are detrimental to gut health for people in general and not just those with celiac disease is at the center of many emotional and very contentious debates. According to Old Way's Whole Grain Council, cutting out grains completely increases the risk consumers could diminish their microbiome diversity. A spokeswoman explained that the whole grains are shown to play an important role in promoting the diversity of beneficial bacteria. She also noted that whole grains have played a beneficial role in diets around the world for thousands of years, and that may be eliminating an entire food group individuals risk missing out on some of the health benefits of a more comprehensive diet. Whether or not grains provide benefits or health risks, the grain-free food movement holds significant marketing potential, and more companies are entering the space to take advantage of that. Smith rattled off a handful of key players who worked together with her at Expo West this year to raise awareness of the diet. There's, um, there's a number of different players who are, who are starting to play in grain-free, uh, but I think we're, we're really all trying to solve those same problems. There's just a whole sea of um, kind of product categories out there that, that traditionally have contained grains, uh, and so we actually, we're pretty friendly with um, the other grain-free brands because I think we, we see the world in a pretty similar way. Um, you know, just yesterday we hosted a grain-free happy hour with the hashtag no grain train, uh, <laughs> which our marketing team came up with, and I think it's particularly clever. 
but I mean, we had like we had Wild Way there, we had Primal Kitchen there, um, we had um, we we had a number of brands there. But you you see brands like Siete, for example, making um, grain free tortilla chips and tortillas. Uh, Wild Way that I mentioned has. Um, the grain-free granola. Um, you've got Mikey's muffins, which is making grain-free English muffins. Um, there's just a whole host of products that are popping up, and I I think it's really exciting, and I love it as a consumer as well. <laughs> as implied by Smith's all-for-one and one-for-all attitude towards competition, there is clearly sufficient white space and room for innovation in the grain-free segment. Smith says the industry is currently focused on making grain-free alternatives to basic staples such as crackers and cookies and baked goods, and other foods that most Americans just can't live without. But as illustrated by the tough early days of the gluten-free movement, companies can't simply swap out the grains. They need to make thoughtful and delicious products that consumers actually want to eat. People overnight aren't going to shift from um, from eating their Cheez-Its and eating their Chips Ahoy uh, and eating their, their pancakes. Um, they're not going to immediately substitute in uh, meats and veggies in place of those um, kind of staples in their diet. And so what we've been doing is um, is moving those products over to be grain-free and still super delicious, that you still get the, the flavor and texture of a Cheez-It or a, or a Chips Ahoy um, cookie. Um, so that way people can literally have their cake and eat it too. Yes, that's a terrible pun, but... <laughs> Looking forward, Smith says the grain-free movement will continue to grow and will gain a boost from the clean label trend, which shares many of the same values. I think consumers and and the market in general is increasingly going to go towards um, products that are friendly to the gut. Um, So grain-free is just one of those things. Um, Other things that that I think you'll see and we've already started to see are um, simpler ingredient lists, so things that, getting rid of those things that you can't pronounce, getting rid of gums and emulsifiers. For example, over the last few years, you've seen the almond milk companies go from having three or four gums and emulsifiers um, to having one, and I'm really excited because that means that in the next year, we should be seeing some with zero. <laughs> um, but, but that's just an example. Um, other things that we're seeing are less and less sugar in the market. And then I think continued focus, too, on things that, that help. Um, so things that are additive. So not just thinking about things that are subtractive, like taking out um, grain or taking out sugar, uh, but also things that help. Um, so whether it's probiotics or whether it is um, other ingredients that are really friendly um, to the immune system and the gut. You know, I particularly as a consumer, um, I've been looking more and more into these things. So whether things like reishi mushrooms, for example, that are uh, really good for your immune system um, or, or other um, kind of supplements, uh, I think people will look more and more to their food as medicine to, to provide additional benefits. So as I mentioned earlier, the major trend that the gluten-free movement has spawned is a resurgence in the use of ancient grains which is a full 180 degrees in the opposite direction of the grain-free movement. Only a few grains, such as wheat, rye, and barley, actually have gluten, leaving many alternatives and so-called ancient grains as options for gluten-free product manufacturers who want the texture and nutritional benefits that grains provide. Gluten-free snack company Pure Organic is one such manufacturer that uses ancient grains in its products. 
Founder Veronica Bosgraf explained why consumers who do not have celiac disease may still benefit from gluten-free products and how ancient grains fit into the equation. There's also a growing number of people who are sensitive to highly processed gluten, but may not be as sensitive or sensitive at all to whole, organic, you know, clean grains. Um, And so, you know, when, when people are kind of going back and forth about that, um, you know, I I think it's something that people should look at um, because we do know that pesticides and highly processed grains, you know, that have been taken apart and things have been taken out of them and then like put back together in an unnatural way and then put into our food, that also causes sensitivities um, in some people. And so I think it's important to just look at all sides um, of the issue with, with gluten-free. This open mind allowed Boss Graf to create a whole new line of snack bars with ancient grains, which she says are wonderful. As we were growing as a company, we were thinking about what kind of a bar product would be a natural complement to our original soft and chewy date-based bars. Um, And so obviously, you know, thinking about texture and thinking about taste and also thinking about nutritionals, um, the Ancient Grain Crispy Bar was just kind of a a real natural complement to that original core line. Um, And I loved it because, um, you know, the nutritionals were different. A date-based bar tends to be higher in sugar because of the dates. The grain-based bar was a lower sugar, you know, lower calorie offering, um, but in a, and a totally different texture, kind of like a Rice Krispie Treat type texture. So it was, you know, it was a delightful taste and texture. It was a little bit different nutritional profile. Um, and, you know, like I said in the beginning, I'm much more of an advocate of whole, real, simple, organic food. I think that in, in my book, that's the most important. And so I don't shy away from... Um, grains if they are, you know, uh, whole real grains. And, you know, I always look for the most nutrient dense. And so I felt personally that um, the ancient grains uh, really delivered that. um, And I was really excited to, you know, when we first started making this bar probably three or four years ago, that the technology of, of, you know, like, being able to get these grains in a form that you could put in a bar was was relatively new. And so it's been great to see that um, develop over the years so that you can use uh, these wonderful grains and get their nutritional benefits, um, you know, in in your products. And, of course, we're seeing a lot of products that have that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of ancient grains in particular because, you know, unlike maybe modern grains, that have been grown and, and changed um, and kind of crossbred over time, you know, not, not, not to be confused with genetically modified, but um, they've been changed over time because we've been growing them for so long so that, you know, like wheat and, and you know, rice and corn are very different than they were maybe a thousand years ago. And they've been optimized to give us great taste and texture, but not necessarily optimized nutritionally. So what I love about ancient grains is that they are, um, you know, they've been kind of untouched for so long. They're, they're, they tend to be in their original state, 
um, and you know a, a big um, quality that they all have is they're packed with they're very robust when it comes to nutrition you know they they tend to to have more protein and they have essential vitamins they have minerals iron um, you know fiber some of them have omega-3s um, they have higher antioxidant content so they just they're they're much more of a robust um, nutrient grain in my book and so that that's why I was really excited to um, work with them of course in you know in an organic in their organic state um, and as minimally processed as possible to you know to to give our customers um, you know a, a delightful crispy bar that also delivered on nutrition even though Bossgraf embraces ancient grains and Smith does not Bossgraf echoes Smith's sentiments that clean whole ingredients are the future as a whole um, the population is moving to more simple recognizable whole ingredients um, and th that that's becoming more important than a label um, or a certification even uh, to some degree you know they want food made with kitchen cupboard ingredients um, and that's you know as a company you know, that's we recognize that and and you know we've always strived to do that and that's what we'll continue to do you know as we innovate products for the future um, and with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you all enjoy me again in the near future. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.